Hi everyone and welcome back to the Pyma podcast. I am James Prescott, your host. Welcome to the show. Really great to have you all back again. And um, I'm really delighted to welcome back um, a good friend of mine, um, an author, a poet, um, Marla Taviano. Welcome back. Thank you, James. I'm excited to be back. Yeah, no, it's really... Um, it's really great to have you back on the show. This is the third time I think you've been on the show. Um, yeah, we uh, had a fun talk about my first book, and then we talked about one of our favorite shows, Schitt's Creek. That's and now right. we're going to yeah. talk about my new book. Yeah, yeah. And now we're about your second so book, cool. which is uh, exciting. I've I've just been reading a little bit of it. Um, it's called Jaded. Um, it's another book of poetry about um, the deconstruction journey, but this is. This is a slightly different. Um, this has a slightly different tone to it than the than your last one. Um, I think you, in the in the kind of introduction, you call it it's what is it? It's bitchy little sister or something like that. <laughs> yeah, jaded is unbelievable. Bitchy little sister is what I say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's really interesting because I, I when, having started to read it, it, it that that's very uh, that's very clear from you know the tone and the. And the, and the type of material that you're writing about um it's uh, a very different kind of book which which kind of reflects a different part of the kind of what people call deconstruction journey um so t- tell us a little bit about how this this book came about yeah so the very the book opens up like this jaded adjective tired bored or lacking enthusiasm typically after having had too much of something, made cynical by experience and over it already, but also can't seem to let it go. And then I have another poem toward the beginning too, where I ended unbelieve with um, kind of this freedom, like, where am I going to go next? This is exciting. And that was my plan. I was, the book was going to be titled more, and I was going to share my like big expansive thoughts on God, like all the new things that I, that the world that had been opened up to me and it was going to be just really positive and, <laughs> and happy. And as I sat down to write it, um, what I say in the poem is jaded wouldn't leave me the hell alone. Like it just, a part of it was so much that kept happening in the United States and around the, the world. Um, and so much of it too was also this unresolved, like the healing that I needed to do, like this trauma that I had not completely healed from. And so I realized not only was it dishonest for me to move straight into that, yay, I'm free, everything's great. Um, I also couldn't do it. I had some some things to get off my chest, some bitterness, some anger. Um, and I wouldn't say that that's all the way off of my chest now after writing this, but this really, really helps. So the whole book is not angry and bitter. And actually one of my friends, um, you know, Robert Monson, who was oh. one of my sensitivity readers. And one of his uh, the things, the feedback he gave me was, you start off really spicy and then you kind of calm down. Like, did you mean to calm down? <laughs> I said, well, I didn't necessarily know I was going to calm down, but that is kind of what happened because as I talked through it and wrote through it, that did calm me down. And does that mean that now I am calm and happy and everything's fine and I can move into that next book? Well, I am currently writing that next book, 
but this might be a lifelong process of dealing with this trauma. And of course, everything's still raging all around us. There was just another tragic mass shooting in the U.S. just yesterday. So um, that's never going to end. Uh, I've realized I can be like Walt Whitman, the poet from the 1800s said, I contain multitudes. And I, I do like there's I can have all of those things in me. Um, I don't want to be like, I don't want bitterness and anger to be what defines me. Um, but I think that there's definitely righteous anger um, that um, helps us fight injustice. And being angry on behalf of other people and myself in, in some situations, but really on behalf of other people who have been hurt and oppressed by Christianity in particular and by white supremacy and homophobia and all of that. So, so yeah, that's, that's how the book starts where I say, Hey, I wanted to (laughs) do this book, but I needed to do this one first. And it kind of fits like a whole trilogy does anyway. And I know that you watch so many movies and all this stuff and that's kind of how it is. It's like the beginning and then you've got this really dark angsty middle (laughs) and then you can have the happy ending and I I'm not so naive to think that my third book will be the happy ending to end all be all but um I do think it'll point me in the direction then of, of going forward and so a lot of my going forward involves going back and trying to understand my past try to make up for some things in my past for repair harm that I have done um usually unknowingly, but not always. And so, and yeah, you know what that's like. We've talked about that before. Um, that mm-hmm. now that we've gotten out of this, you look back and think, how, <laughs> how was I in that? How was I a part of that? How did I believe that? How did I live like that? And I just am very curious to know. And I think it's part of my healing journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I'm always, I'm always fascinated by the creative process and um because often you set out to write one thing and you know and kind of your body or your whatever your your trauma or your muse or whatever you call it it's they say like no 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 yeah this isn't this isn't what what we want to want to say right now Um, that's what happened yeah this is what i want to say right now (laughs) um and something completely different comes out you know and um I think it's like that's what happened here. It's like I think books books get written when they're ready to be written. They yeah. won't be, they won't be written before when they're ready, you know. Um yeah. and it looks like that book that you intended it wasn't wasn't ready to be written yet. You needed to do this before that. Um Yeah. And you're right about that arc, you know, there is a kind of there is a kind of arc of like you know they have that first that first kind of journey into discovering who you are and breaking free of who you were. And then there's the reality of it, which is the, <laughs> you know, the grit, the nitty gritty day to day working through of things, which is difficult and facing up to new challenges. And yeah, that kind of darkest, you know, the, the sequel that's darker than the original. Um, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and it's, you're right though. It's not always as simple as like a three act story, you know, that the story doesn't, the story doesn't really end. It just keeps going in different stages. Um, yeah. And there's definitely a, a, a natural progression from unbelief 
to this to to jaded and i'm sure there'll be a natural belief a natural link to whatever comes next because um that's how creativity works it kind of it taps into what's already going on inside of us i think yeah so is, is that what you find yeah it really has and i have just been like it, it's been so affirming to me as people have like it just came out about a month ago so um we did a, a soft launch this is a long story. We can get into it if you want, but um, I have a publisher helping me this time. I self-published my first one, but we did a soft launch because I really wanted to get it out before Christmas and we could get it on Amazon before Christmas, but not the other um, places online. So we did that. So it's it's been like kind of a slow start, but a lot of people have the book and I've been getting a lot of feedback and so many people are saying that it just resonates with them where they are. And obviously it's not going to resonate with everyone if someone is at a different point in their journey. Um, but you don't have to be at the exact point that I am for some of these things to resonate. And it's been cool too. The poetry, like you said, it's kind of abstract. So people can read into it more than I even put in there. I've had people tell me like that they I love how you said this because of this. And I didn't even mean that, or I didn't realize that that's what happened, but they brought their own experiences and thoughts and ideas to it. And so they're getting more out of the poetry than I even um, put in. So I really, I'm really grateful um, that it is in book form and it's in people's hands and they can read it. And that it, I've had a lot of people say to me, I'm surprised that this is a hopeful book because the title is jaded. I, the way I start out is pretty negative. And the, the subtitle is a poetic reckoning with white evangelical Christian indoctrination. Um, and that's, that's really what it is. I am reckoning with my past, with what's happening now. And there's a poem at the end where I clarify that, this isn't a complete reckoning. Like I didn't reckon and it's all better and everything's fine now. Um, it's kind of like an incomplete reckoning, a partial reckoning, a beginning reckoning. Um, but especially in the US where people are, <laughs> I don't know, we have these ideas about our, our country and how noble and wonderful our heritage is. And we want to whitewash that and forget about all the hard stuff and not make those connections between slavery and black people uh, facing oppression now and all of these different things. And people want to just start now and move forward without looking back and without reckoning. You cannot do that. Um, everything is in the past is tied to now. There's a direct link and you have to reckon with that. We have to make those things right. And I am here for that. Like I am, <laughs> I'm here for that for helping people do that, for, for helping wake people up to that. Um, some days are really encouraging. Some days are discouraging and yeah, but I am, it's, I'm committed to it for life to be on this journey where everyone can flourish um, instead of just rich white men flourishing. I want everyone to flourish here in the U S and everywhere. I mean, I'm, I'm passionate about all human flourishing and other than human flourishing too, the more that I read indigenous authors um, and, and think more about creation and trees and um, our animal friends and 
yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. So a lot of that is going into this new book where my, um, my perspective has just broadened hugely. I did not realize how narrow my focus was. I didn't realize how small my bubble was. And now I can really see the, the world for the first time. And there's so much to see and so much to learn. Mm, yeah. And that's really interesting that you found yourself ending on a more hopeful note, having said it was going to be a reckoning. Because, I, you know, and I've seen this in movies as well, where where you have stories of um, stories of somebody processing grief and processing trauma and full of anger and rage and hatred and like bitterness at the beginning and um, they end up in a hopeful place even yeah. in the midst of this is still happening this is still difficult this is still painful this is still hard but I feel a bit more hopeful about the future um, and it I think that's part of the journey. It's like we have to we have to reckon with our trauma and our grief and our anger and 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 some of it's some of it's righteous anger, some of it's justified anger at yeah. injustice that you know, and even anger at ourselves for the role we played in that, especially as white people. You yeah, know, both of us. And like I was I've had that, but been through that and been angry at myself and what I did and what I participated in and what, what I allowed to happen, you know, um, and that's a, that's a valid part of the journey, you know, um, you know, if you're a white person on this journey, that's something you, you, you we have to do. Um, and it's not comfortable, um, but it's necessary. And, and, you know, the more your eyes are open, the more you're aware of what's really happening in the world and the more anger you feel about that. And that's a normal thing because we're, in some ways, in some ways we're powerless to control it. In some ways we're not powerless to control it, but in some ways we are. And yeah, yeah so that anger is completely valid. And and when you're grieving something that you've left behind, um, there's always an there's always a level of anger in there somewhere. Yeah. You know, so like it makes a lot of sense that, that that you would start out in that way, and then come to a bit of a more hopeful conclusion through the process because creativity is a what is you know as we both know is a is a therapy it can be therapeutic yeah um, well i mean how did you find the process of writing this book to be to be therapeutic well um i think we talked about this last time because i was talking about how writing is healing for me and you were saying that some trauma had happened to you and mm. writing was a part of that. And then it was really hard for you to write. And I, mm. that just like pained my heart because I have not experienced that. And I'm, well, it's mostly, and I was, I'm just really thankful that I have writing as a way to, to process that. And that's what I've always done, whether it's in um, just a, a personal journal or I used to have a blog for about 10 or 15 years that I would just pour all kinds of stuff into or books. Um, that's writing it down is how I figure out what I think and what I'm feeling and I make connections. And it's, sometimes it's not until I see the words on the page that I can make a connection. Oh, this is why I feel this way. Or this is like this. And this is why this happened. And when I can come up with metaphors that can try 
like using a metaphor to help explain a concept to someone that they might not get, I can use that, a concept they do understand to help um, explain something that they don't understand. And so that's just been the medium that I've always used. So when I sat down to write that happy book <laughs> and then this book came out, I, like, like you said, I just took that to, to be a sign that this needed this needed to come out like this is in me and needed to come out so where some people might yell or hit a wall or go for a run or something when i have things inside of me i not that i never yell or hit a wall but <laughs> i i just get i get it out onto a page and that really truly helps me um and I've over the years have have tried to find where that balance is between things that I'm just writing down privately for me and things that I am sharing, whether online or in a book or with other people verbally. Um, I don't know that I've always gotten it right. I don't know that there's a right and a wrong way to share. I know some people think that you should be open and transparent and share all these things. Other people think you shouldn't be like just spewing your trauma out all over the place. You should deal with some of it first. And I don't think that there's a, a conclusion that people have come to for the, the best way to do that. But what I have found is that when I am open about things that I'm struggling with or pain that I'm feeling, um, that resonates with people and I, they feel a connection with me and they feel less alone. Um, because I I I lost a lot of friends and some family members as I deconstructed and the the friends that I've made along the way I now have so many friends most of them online I don't have very many close friends um in in real life here who live in my in my town but um I have all these people that I can go to all these people who understand and some people who are just beginning their journey they don't have that they don't have um, maybe anyone in their life that that understands what it's like to start questioning faith, to start changing your views. And so I think it's really important when when people can um, hear me say, I'm also struggling with this. And for me being not on the other end of it, like I'm not at the end of it, but I don't feel that that deep pain and that anguish that I did at the beginning when when people first started disowning me or whatever. Not that it can't affect me. I was telling a friend yesterday that just this week, two different things, one involving my ex-husband and one involving um, my sister who disowned me, both of those things, some things happened and I was in tears over this. And I thought, dang it, like, <laughs> when am I going to be fine and be healed and this doesn't bother me anymore? Well, maybe it, I never will get there, but I know that I am healing and I'm not spending all of my days sad and crying. Like I am happy. I'm becoming more myself. I'm adjusting all of these things. So it's not, it's not linear. Um, but writing has, has really, really, really helped me heal for a long, long time now. That's just how I do it. And I, I feel bad for people who that's not how they do it because that's just what I know. Um, and obviously, that's not how everyone is is wired. So um, as long as as you, everyone can find what it is that they can do to express that, to get feelings out, to work through them, then I hope that they do find that because 
I do know that keeping it bottled up inside um, is not good for anyone, not emotionally, not mentally, not physically, to keep all of your feelings inside. So whether you share them with a friend, whether you go outside and burn off energy, whether you write it down, um, whether you talk to a counselor or a therapist, just being able to find a way, whatever works for you, to work through your feelings, your trauma, all of that. And I know you do a lot of work with that. And I know on your podcast too, that's another thing where you are talking through with people. And I'm sure it's like a reciprocal thing where they're they're sharing with you, you're sharing with them, you're giving them a chance to unload sometimes and mm-hmm. um, giving them a conversation partner and a platform. Um, and then it goes back and forth. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's that's all right. Yeah, we we do need to get get whatever is inside out. I mean, we have our own ways of doing it. But the most important thing is that it gets out. <laughs> because bottling things up is not healthy. <laughs> um, if you bottle things up for too long, they'll end up taking control of you. And yeah. You know, and that, that you know that happened to me initially. You know, twenty 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 five years ago, something like that. Just after my mum died, um, I bottled things up for a long time, and mm. eventually, I, I I couldn't anymore. Eventually, they got the better of me, and I had to do something. And um, once I started doing something about it, and started talking about it, and writing about it, and mm. everything, it changed. You know, it healed, um, and. Yeah, you're right. Um, and writing has been that for me as well. Writing can still be that for me. Um, mm-hmm. It's not at the moment. It's, I, I still find it very difficult to write. And there's lots of reasons for that. Part of it is that trauma that we talked about. Part of it is yeah. um, um, other things, um, kind of emotional burnout. Um, because it's always an emotional thing for me to write. It takes emotional energy for mm. me to write because I write with my whole heart. Yeah. Um and um so that's part of it too but but you're right um and doing these podcasts yes that is definitely it's kind of therapeutic for me too because it i get to hear other people's stories so you know you're not alone yeah yeah and, uh, and also you get to share a bit of i get to be able to share a bit of my story and so it's there is a there is definitely a i mean this is a creative thing as well this is a creative project as well so it's you know it, there's whenever you create something, something of you goes into that. And um, that process can be, can, can definitely be healing. Um, and and, and we, we were talking, sorry, we were talking before we, you pressed record about all of the different things that you've talked about on the podcast, the things you have coming up, all these like different episodes and series. And I was saying how it's amazing. Your range is like, <laughs> you've got this such a big range of things that you are knowledgeable about, passionate about. Um, and I love that for you. And I have found over the years, like talking to people, I used to be a, a public speaker for a while before we moved to Cambodia. And so often people just really even struggle to find something that they love or something that they they care about. So even though I know that you're You've gone through a lot of trauma. I know the last few months have been difficult. Um, it's just I'm I'm really glad that you have things that that you love, like things that are that you're passionate about. And it's in it's such a wide variety of things. Like when we're talking about pop culture and TV and movies and stuff, 
And some people say, well, that's frivolous or that doesn't matter. That's not how I see it. Like I see it as something that ignites passion. You can do it just for fun, or it could be something where you see all kinds of life things in that. And you could talk about that. You can break things down, whatever it is for you. Um, and then that, that too is art that other people made. Like they put themselves in this art, then we enjoy it. And then we bring ourselves to it. And then if we find people who also like it and we get to make that connection there, it's just, I just love it. So whether it's movies, TV, podcasts, books, um, paintings, whatever kind of creativity people are doing or whatever kind of art they're making, um, it's just a really, really cool way to connect with people. And I love it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, it is. I've made so many friendships through this podcast. It's been an unexpected uh, gift after doing this show. Um, you know, and I've never got, I never get bored of doing it. I never get tired of doing it. I never lose the, the joy. I've never lost the joy of making this show. Like the real joy for me in this, in this is the actual making of it. The, you know, the, the actual recordings themselves, doing the recordings. Yeah. Like the kind of posting it on the on the website and all of those kind of things is like that that doesn't that doesn't take as long to do, but it but it feels like it's harder work than yeah than sitting for an hour with a guest and just talking and listening and and that because this because this is this is where the joy is and um you know and, it, and I think it will continue to be where the where the joy is. Um, it's too bad you don't have a whole lot of money and you can just hire a producer or an editor or yeah, a marketer. Right? Yeah, <laughs> like if anyone's, anyone's listening who wants to do that for me free, like, you know, I'm, I'm here. Like, or a sponsor who wants to sponsor my show who's ethical and, like, moral. That's, that's kind of how I feel. Like, yeah, I feel that way about my books too because I would like to write the book and then maybe talk about it a little bit. <laughs> I don't want to, um, but I do like to go on podcasts and talk about it. But some of the like the marketing things or trying to get it in more people's hands or get people to write reviews, it just it can be taxing because that's not um, that's not where my gifting is. Um, same, but I mean, same. it is what it is, and everybody goes through it. Like you, unless you do have a lot of money or unless you're really famous and popular and have a team behind you that's that's doing all this <laughs> all this for you but it's it's cool too i mean it's it's a neat experience and i've again bonded with a lot of people over the experience of publishing a book and trying to get the word out and um a lot of mutual things like let's do a book swap. Like you wrote poetry. I wrote poetry. Let's swap our books and let's read them. Let's tell people about them. And that's one of the things I'm passionate about is reading books and sharing them like books that other people have written. And that's kind of a way that I show love to my neighbor is here. You wrote this book. You poured your heart into it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to share it with my people. Hopefully some people will read it, buy it. Um, yeah. And same with the podcast, like just, sharing each other's podcasts or whatever creative endeavor that they've that they've done um so yeah i'm glad that twitter is still around i know we've <laughs> talked some about that where we thought for a minute there that it was going down forever and a lot of people have left and it's it's way different um but i'm glad it's it's still hanging in there as a place to to make connections and to share things and yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, like this is that that whole thing that's happened with Twitter has actually helped me be less addicted to it. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I'm kind of I use different social networks um, a little bit, but I'm not addicted to any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have healthy relationships on different places, you know, like you know, Discord and um, um, other places like that, um, Mastodon, um, where I'm part of communities, but um, I'm not addicted to any of them. It's kind of I can I choose when I go there, like yeah, uh, it's an intentional thing that you know, and I choose to step away. Um, yeah, and that that's 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 a lot healthier, and I still manage to have all the connections and relationships that I've always yeah. so um that that's a really positive thing actually that's to come out of what's happened but um uh, yeah. unexpected um but yeah I mean like what so we've talked about how like the creative process kind of has an impact on us and transforms us like what did you learn about yourself in writing this book that you maybe didn't know about yourself before oh wow that's a really good question um, I don't know, like off the top of my head, if there's one thing I did not know, I think what it did was, um, confirm some things. Like as I was looking back, um, I looked back through some journals. I looked back through old books that I wrote and I could see two things. Number one, the way that I had been misguided and misinformed and was really zealous and on fire for some things that I no longer believe. Um, So I could see that, but I could also see the real me who was in there. Like she was there. Um, She just couldn't be fully herself. So what I have found since leaving evangelical Christianity, since my uh, husband left, moving back to the States, all of those things I I am on this journey of just becoming who I've always been inside, but either I push some of those things down, like I, I would read through my journals and I would be talking to God and saying, please help me submit to my husband. Please help me submit to my husband. It's so hard for me to submit to him. Well, it's because some of the things that he was doing and, and saying weren't great and I had some better ideas and I wasn't created to be like this quiet little submissive wife who'd never had an opinion. I had, um, I have a lot of great ideas. I have a lot of things to say. So I was, I realize now that those, the things that I was fighting, I don't need to fight that anymore. I don't need to fight who I am. And I may be too much for some people, but those are not the people, those aren't my people. Like if I'm too much, for them. And I, um, I've learned that all that I've always had this love in my heart. Um, and I, like when I really, really, really wanted to be a missionary that was born out of love for people who I thought were going to hell. And so I became a missionary with that good intention, with that heart of love. But now I no longer believe in hell and I no longer believe in white people going over to other countries and forcing people to be Christians. Um, But I still have that love and I can, I can express that love and share that love in other, better, healthier ways. So I think if I, if it was one thing that I learned, it was that I do love who I am 
um, and who I've always been, but I didn't always get to be her. I didn't have the freedom to be her. And sure, there are some things that I that I want to work on or habits that aren't great. Um, and, and I'm doing that too, but I'm really enjoying the process and learning to love myself is really, really important if I'm going to love other people. And that's what I think a lot of Christians get wrong is they call themselves wretched worms and worthless without God and all of that. And then that's how they see their neighbor too, as dirty, evil sinners without God. And I don't see people like that anymore. And I don't see myself like that. So in loving myself, I can love the people around me more. And I've also found God in myself. Instead of um, denying myself or giving everything up and saying that Christ must increase and I must decrease and all that jargon that we use, I found that the more I get to know myself, the closer I feel to God. And I don't know what I believe about God, but any kind of divine presence, I believe, is largely in inside of me. And I know for Christians, and I just saw this somewhere on the internet a couple weeks ago, but they were saying, so you've got, we, we're supposed to listen to God, listen to the Holy Spirit, but not listen to our own hearts. Well, how are you supposed to know <laughs> like which thing is God and which thing is your heart? And then they say, well, you can, your pastor can tell you, or you can listen to your pastor. I'm like, well, that sounds a lot like just listening to, to someone else. Um, so I've been having a lot of back and forth with people about God and what we, what we believe about God. I had someone on Facebook just this week tell me, um, it was in response to a memory that I had shared. And this, this memory from like 10 years ago, I was saying, praise you, Jesus, praise you, Jesus, because we found this perfect house. And it was, I was giving God all the credit. And I said, I don't do that now. Like, I don't, what I don't like is when we give God all the credit and none of the blame. And then she came in and this is someone who knew me a long, long time ago. And she said that, that I should read the gospel of John and I shouldn't use anybody else's words. And I should let God speak to me through the gospel of John. And if God spoke to me, that I should listen. And if God didn't speak to me, then I could walk away from God. And I was like, listen, sister, I've read the gospel of John like <laughs> 50 times. Um, this is just, how do you know? Like if I were to sit down and read the gospel of John right now and I felt something, how would I know if that was God speaking to me or if it was me? Like I just finished President Barack Obama's first presidential memoir. I finished that yesterday. And there were parts of that that just felt like it was really speaking to me. Was that God speaking to me? Was that Barack Obama speaking to me? Was that me? <laughs> so I'm just really, um, I don't use the same like spiritual platitudes and things that I used to, and I'm still figuring that out. And, um, but most importantly, I want to know myself, like what, what I love, how I, um, how things are with me when I'm at my healthiest, what I need um, to fill me up so that I can give to other people. Like you were saying that writing is super emotional for you and burns you out. Like I was telling another friend who, who wrote a book about um, unhoused people in this homeless ministry. And I used to be really involved in that. I got so burnt out with like helping people in different capacities that I I feel like I, I can't do that right now. Like I can't 
mm. go out and serve in a soup kitchen or I can't do this or I can't do that. Like the very thought of it just makes my skin crawl. Like I don't. And so that's something else I have to work through. Is that just me being burnt out? Is that due to trauma that happened while I was doing those things? Is it connected to my changing beliefs? Um, but yeah, there are seasons of our lives, I think, where um, maybe we just we can't do certain things and we have to know what do I need right now to heal, to be emotionally whole. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just rest. Sometimes it's just time. And yeah, those are the kinds of things that I'm working through. A friend told me today and I was kind of disappointed because she said that um, my deconstruction made her heart ache like it made her heart ache to see me go through this and I was like really well you don't your heart doesn't need to ache because I have found freedom um but to her she was like this is really sad that Marla has gone through this and now doesn't believe xyz um so being misunderstood is hard for me like I (laughs) I don't like to be misunderstood I I mean nobody does um but I have to accept the fact that not everybody's gonna get me they're not all gonna understand and I'm still working to understand myself so I can't really expect them to (laughs) if Mm. I don't yeah absolutely absolutely um it's a journey isn't it it's uh one day at a time yeah (laughs) Um, it is you know we're learning all the time that's the thing is to always be open to to learning and unlearning and and relearning and all of that 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 without without any kind of destination in mind um because there isn't a destination really it's just the next chapter you know that's tough for people people want a destination they want certainty they want they want to know what's next what's this what's that and but you're right like i have i've gotten a lot better at that just being open-handed and saying we'll just see we'll take it one day at a time. Not that you can't plan for things or have goals or dreams, um, but just holding on to things loosely and not having to know because we don't really know. Like I've had friends say, Oh, I miss the certainty of knowing all of the things. And I'm like, well, you realize you didn't really know them. <laughs> you thought you knew them. So you, um, you miss the certainty of thinking, you know, everything. Mm, that's so it. None of us, none of us can know God. For like we can't know God for certain, we can't know about heaven and hell for certain, we can't know um anything really for certain. Absolutely, yeah. That's part of the journey is realizing that nothing is certain and having to come to terms with that because it's not easy. Um you know, so uh, yeah. Um so so if there's one thing that you've learned that you've learned from writing this book and from your journey so far that you want people to know, what what would that be? Um, if I had to pick one thing, I would just say that love is everything. Like that's really the only thing that we have that can be the guiding force. If, I mean, obviously, we can't agree on what God is or what the truth is or religion is, which one's best. There are all these wars being fought and then um, fights online and all of this, all because of people's beliefs about God. 
So if we can just have love as our guiding force, and again, I know that that's, it's not super concrete, but I think that's kind of the point. If you can say, what is the most loving thing I can do here? Or what's the most loving answer here? What's the most loving decision I can make? And and what that involves is finding out from, from the other person what feels loving to them. And I, I talk about in Unbelieve that I had someone who would always say to me that sometimes love feels like hate. And they were referring to, um, they believed that it was a sin to be gay. So if you really loved your gay friend, you would tell them they were going to hell so that you could save them. So even though it sounded hateful, it was really loving because you were ultimately saving them from a fiery hell. And I'm saying what feels loving to the person that you're trying to love, not what what you think is loving based on some belief or based on a book or based on what your church said, what feels loving to that other person. And so then when we talk about who we're voting for or what laws we're passing or or all of or how we act and what we say, is it is it loving? And um, so that's that's what I would say for me is that I want love to be what guides me, not um, not the Bible, not what a pastor says, not what a creed or a doctrine says. Um, I just want to love people, and and you can find a lot of that goodness in the Bible if you're looking there. There's a whole lot of things like. Loving people like you want to be loved, treat people like you want to be treated. Um, so, so yeah, I would say that's the thing that I have learned to to live to live for love. And like you said, since things are we don't well, they're uncertain. We don't know what if we don't know if we have another day. Um, and just loving with all you've got today. And then again, tomorrow and the next day. Um, so yeah, love is my answer. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, thank you, um, Marla. Um, it's always great to have you on the show. Um, highly recommend this book. Jaded is out now. Is out now? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Just wherever books are sold, just go and get the book. Um, it's brilliant. And uh yeah, uh, Marla's a uh, very talented uh, writer and poet, so uh, definitely check it out. And where can people find you online, Marla? Um, well, first of all, thank you, James. Uh, that was very kind of you. And I am, I am, I spend most of my time, if we're talking time wise, on Instagram, probably. I'm Marla Taviano on Instagram. I also have an account called White Girl Learning, where I post books by Black authors, Indigenous authors, other authors of color. And I am on Twitter occasionally at Marla Taviano. I have a website, MarlaTaviano.com. And I pretty much avoid Facebook. And I haven't really gotten connected on many of the other. I've started out like some of those new social platforms, but I haven't really mm. um, gotten too plugged in there. So yeah, and I mm. love I love talking to people, meeting people. Love to hear your stories, and um, yeah, 
So thank you so much. It's so great to talk to you. And I'm really grateful for this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. It's always great to have you here. And uh, and uh, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>